0: Hey, folks, thanks for joining me today. Today is the first Dropping Creative Operations Dots episode, and I'll explain what that is in just a moment. First of all, I just want to say thank you very much for those of you that have been listening to the first few episodes and sending me your comments, your feedback, your words of encouragement. Uh, it's been amazing to hear. I most especially appreciate those of you that have been sharing your follow-up questions, your perspectives on what you've been hearing through the first few episodes. Um, If there's something that you've been thinking about sharing um, or want to talk about, please do drop me a line at at nishacreativeops.fm. You can just send me an email. We could go back and forth by email. Or if you prefer and it's more convenient and comfortable, we could definitely set up a Zoom call. I am... Talking to so many of you Uh, every week, I'm learning so much about who you are, what you're doing, uh, the challenges that you're addressing, the innovative solutions that you're putting in place. And it has been amazing to learn all of this from all of you, and it's really helping to fuel my journey of curiosity about all things creative ops. And that's sort of a good segue into, well, what is this Dots episode? Well, as I'm having these conversations, I'm picking up on these, like, interesting tidbits uh, from the world of creative operations. And this episode, and I'll probably do this every so often, is my way of just sort of documenting and sharing, like, some of these, like, interesting, like, nuggets I'm hearing about, these topics... um, that are starting to emerge. And some of these just might be anomalies, and they turn into nothing burgers. Some of these down the road may turn into trends. uh, And maybe this will be a way for us to like, you know, document it, start to talk about it and get ahead of it. Um, And some of these might be maybe these dots end up connecting together down the road into something more impactful in the creative operations community. Um, So I guess in a way, this dots episode, along with the takeaways episode uh, that I've started to do, you may have heard the first one I did uh, regarding my, you know, things I've been thinking about since my conversation with Michelle Vincent from MoFilm, and I'll be dropping a couple of more of those over the next couple of weeks. And then the guest interviews I've been doing with amazing individuals like Kate Sullivan and Paul Nicholson and Michelle and Dimitri Shamus and so many others coming up in the next few weeks and months. I think collectively, all these episodes are really my creative operations journal, uh, a way of documenting you know, the amazing things that you folks are doing out there, the things I'm thinking about, um, and, and hopefully this journal – will be valuable for me, for you, and us together as the creative operations community. So with that being said, let's get to the first Dots episode. Um, You're probably going to hear lots of ums and ahs through this. Uh, I'm really just referring to my notebook here, uh, the things I've been sort of noting down as I've been having these conversations. And this is really just sort of me riffing off the top of my head. So there's three sort of dots I want to share today. The first one I'll sort of put under the broad category of like creative operations maturity. Uh, and there's a few subdots related to this. But you've probably heard me talk about whether it was on the intro episode or in other venues that I sort of feel like creative operations is in its teenage years. There's been a huge explosion in, in the profession, in terms of the number of people in the role of creative operations, accountable for creative operations, or who identifies creative operations as what they do. Um, it's literally gone from dozens to thousands uh, over the last few years, which has been amazing to see. But, but, um, again, it feels like we're in our teenage years and creative operations is still like searching for feeling around for and evolving into a a much stronger sense of what creative operations is what its strategic value is um what the career paths are within creative operations uh i.e if i was a project manager yesterday and i'm in the role of creative operations today how do i sort of navigate into being like a tier one creative operations leader um some of which um are around our community uh that you've been hearing from on the podcast um and we'll continue to hear from so that sort of maturity is something I've been thinking about, and I've been talking to a lot of you about this and and there's a few sort of like again sub dots or bullet points related to this. The first one is you know creative operations leaders versus those that are, I would sort of characterize as relatively junior, uh, in their careers. And what I start to see happen is that there are some leaders who just naturally plug into that role and they immediately sort of approach it with this systems thinking mindset. Um, and they're, They understand how to translate what we always talk about orchestrating people process technology into a living, breathing system that they're continuously adapting versus I think the vast majority today still get stuck into firefighting mode around individual processes or technologies um, and issues like that. So. I think one of the things that is required for the creative operations space to really mature into its full potential and be seen for the strategic value that it has in an organization is we need to more clearly define what a creative operations leader is, like a tier one creative operations leader. And I think that'll be beneficial because those that perhaps are earlier in their creative operations career or just sort of like transitioned into it from a project management role or another role into creative ops. um, They need to have a path as well of how do they navigate from where they are today into being that tier one leader. And then we also need to figure out like, where do those tier one leaders today go tomorrow and over time? Um, that's what you see in for every other role in an organization that is relatively mature where its strategic value is understood and invested into. But I think that is one of the things we need to be doing as a community is clearly defining what is a creative operations leader and what are the skill sets? How do they approach the job? Um, and then how do you navigate to that place? And where do today's leaders go tomorrow? It's part of this maturation process. Related to that is is metrics. Um, so you may have often heard me talk about metrics. It's one of my pet peeves that the vast majority of creative operations teams and leaders just aren't rooted in using metrics and data. Um, and I don't get why. I think if you really want to do a bang up job as creative operations leader, you got to make data one of your best friends and you have to be leveraging it. It is such a valuable asset, but the leaders are using it. Uh, And I'll talk a bit more about like some of the metrics and KPIs that are aligning themselves to in a couple of minutes, but the leaders are comfortable with data. They're leveraging data. And often what I hear from those that aren't is a, they're, they themselves aren't comfortable using data. They don't, you know, they're not comfortable going into Excel and slicing and dicing the data and things like that Um, and analyzing the data or they don't have access to like a data nerd. Um, But that's not an excuse any longer. There's this amazing tool we all have access to called ChatGPT and there's the plus version of ChatGPT that costs $20 a month, which is basically like you know, five trips to Starbucks, or if you get one of their fancy drinks, maybe it's three trips to Starbucks, but it's $20 a month. And you get access to this feature called Code Interpreter, which basically, I think of as a data analyst in a box that works for you 24 hours a day. So you can now take all the data that you're getting out of the tools and systems that you're using, or the spreadsheets that you have, however else you're collecting data, and you could give it to Code Interpreter and it'll help you clean up the data and then analyze the data. And yes, sometimes these tools do hallucinate, as it's called. But my experience with Code Interpreter is that it has been pretty bloody amazing, pretty bang on in its analysis. Um, and if I've got my like finger on the pulse of my business, I'm going to know if it's hallucinating or not. So there's no more excuses as part of like your evolution into a tier one creative operations leader of not using data and metrics, um, there still might be a gap around like you know what should I actually be measuring and what's you know what are best practices around collecting data and things like that, but if you can figure that out then. You don't have an excuse for not leveraging that data because you now for 20 bucks a month have a full time creative operations data analyst in a box with code interpreter through chat GPT plus one thing I've been thinking about again as part of helping our community mature um into its full strategic value and being seen as bringing that full strategic value. I think data metrics is going to be a big part of that. I'm, I'm doing a recording an episode in a few days with Nicole Brown from CELA, Um And she's all about data metrics. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation and having all of you listen to that. But also been thinking about like, maybe as a community, we need to be like, maybe putting some like, learning together um, and sharing with each other around, okay, like how do I use chat GPT as a full-time data analyst in a box? It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple and straightforward. So if that's something of interest to you, drop me a line. Next sort of like sub bullet point is uh, what I'll call like the Frankensteining of creative ops roles. Um, And what I mean by that is this: is that like I I recently relaunched this podcast, but I've stayed in the creative operations space for, you know, the last few years as as I've been working on other projects. And I've always been fascinated by, um, maybe I'm just a really big fat creative operations nerd, but the job postings that have been put out there. And because there's been an explosion in the number of roles over the last few years, I've seen more and more creative ops jobs roles and these postings. And very often I'd read one of these postings and I'd go, this doesn't sound right. Um, It sounds like whoever wrote this is A, either doesn't really understand the job of creative operations and its strategic value as part of the content machine and marketing machine and revenue machine, or B, they're really trying to, um, you know, sort of stuff multiple roles into one. Like, sounds like they want a project manager, a resource manager, and maybe a you know, a little bit of a creative operations person who's thinking about the system maybe on Friday afternoon or something like that. So Frankenstein rolls. Um, and I think that's happening maybe because it's it's a budget thing. But very often, if it's a budget thing, it's because of like, what I think might be the primary reason this is happening is that in organizations, they don't really understand like, what Creative Operations is, what it does, and its strategic value to business outcomes. Again, I think that comes back to us as a community, is we more need to clearly define what creative operations is, what its strategic value is. Along with that, we need to clearly define what a tier one creative operations leader looks like uh, and what they're accountable for. Um, so I think we're going to continue – we have seen and I think we're going to continue to see this Frankensteining of roles until we step into the gap and we bring clarity and definition to what creative operations is and what its strategic value is and what that role of the creative ops leader is. Um, Otherwise, we're going to continue to see this where I think it's going to continue to sort of be an echo of where creative operations came from, which was we need – organizations going we need more content we need it much more quickly to fuel um you know marketing at scale and marketing at um a faster velocity so initially it was sort of treated as a project management problem um as a workflow problem but we know because we're in the space it's so much more than that it's really about the system and building the system to be that strategic like machine that plugs into the marketing machine and the revenue machine, which is ultimately tied to business outcomes. So I think we're going to, we might continue to see these Frankenstein roles. I've heard some of you that are out there looking at, you know, maybe changing jobs or looking for your next creative operations role. You've definitely picked up on this and it sort of feels like you're being you know, pushed into something that is really, you know, two, three roles in one, and it's more tactical versus strategic. And it's not allowing you to fully lean into your ability to bring that systems thinking to the role of creative operations. Because again, it's not rooted in, you know, being strategically positioned and perceived. It's it's more tactical. Um, I think it's, I think that goes back to sort of like a a bigger point around creative operations, I think has a brand problem in most organizations. It's not seen as strategic. It is seen as tactical um, as part of this maturation process. All these things are going to need to be addressed to ensure it is seen as strategic. Um, And then I think the last sort of like mini dot related to this like bigger dot around creative operations maturity is like, I'm hearing more of you talk about like the the metrics and KPIs that you're starting to think about. And I'm hearing this like really from the tier one creative operations leaders are still rooted in those efficiency metrics. They matter because scale and speed matters. Cost efficiency matters. And that's always going to matter. But those of you out there that, I think our really tier one leaders are increasingly talking about like your metrics and KPIs being really aligned with marketing metrics and KPIs, whether that's like funnel KPIs or even revenue KPIs. And I think that's so critical as part of uh, the maturation of creative operations, because the more we can sort of tightly align what creative operations does with business outcomes. And you heard Kate Sullivan talk about this um in her definition of creative operations, it's really about serving the needs of the business. You heard Dimitri Shamus talk about this. he's really explicitly tied like metrics and KPIs to like the marketing funnel because every business ultimately expresses itself most clearly in the most black and white terms through dollars and cents, revenue. Um, And marketing has always done that in terms of like how does what marketing does tie back to revenue Um, and we've seen their maturation against that for you know the last several years and I think creative operations is starting to talk about that Um, even heard that at the recent Henry Stewart conference more about like tying to business outcomes and I think that's part of the maturation process, but so these are some of the things that um I've been hearing from you talking about with you, thinking about myself around creative operations maturity. There's certainly you know other dots related to this, so again, reach out, drop me a line, Would love to talk about this with you or if you like strongly disagree and go no, creative operations is already like perceived as strategic and it's properly positioned. Then, then let me know as well. I'm happy to have the debate. Um, so that's dot number one. Just turning the page of my notebook here. If you hear that in the background, um, dot number two is I've been thinking about like how should I call this? It's like meta streams of creative operations, and you know, we're all like comfortable talking about like different workflows or processes around different types of content. Like I've got my workflow for like video versus digital versus print, or maybe it's like workflows and processes that are aligned to different lines of business or products or business units or geographic units or whatever have you. Everyone's like very familiar and comfortable with that. Um, but I think what might be emerging is like these meta workflows that sort of sit on top of it. And it may be something we need to start thinking about, especially if you're a creative ops leader. And so I'll share what these two meta workflows are and sort of where my thinking comes from on this. I think meta workflow number one is scale and speed. And meta workflow number two is storytelling. So scale and speed is something that is very familiar to all of us in the creative operations world. It it really seems like the need for scale and speed is where creative operations came from. Again, to feed that content and marketing and revenue machine is we need more content, we need it more quickly. So that's something I think we're all very familiar with, comfortable with. And over the last several years, like lots of things have been done in pursuit of scale and speed. It's uh standardization automation uh self-service um doing an upcoming episode with mark brady from hubspot where they built this amazing self-service automation like beast uh and the impact it's had has been like phenomenal can't wait for you to listen to that one um so you've got scale and speed and that's not going away like i mean there is there's going to continue to be a growing need for more content and to have it quicker and quicker and quicker so um but parallel to that is what i think is now emerging as has always been there in terms of a storytelling stream but i think it's going to become more pronounced um And I think it's going to become more pronounced because we've all seen the data and we experience it as individual consumers. We're tuning out a lot of the content, a lot of the marketing because there's so much of it out there. Um, And quite frankly, I think storytelling as an art, as a way of really engaging with audience has sort of been put on the back burner for the last 10, 15 years as marketing has become increasingly programmatic and algorithmic driven. Um, a lot of the content, a lot of the stories, a lot of the creative, quite frankly, has been boring. Um, and, and boring doesn't pierce through the noise of a growing amount of content that we're all being inundated with. So I think storytelling is coming back. I think the spirit of David Ogilvy is about to rise. Um, and I think he, he would love this time if he were still around. So I think storytelling is coming back to the fore, but like scale and speed is a very different beast versus storytelling. Scale and speed, again, is about standardization, automation, self-service. It's about doing more. It's about doing it quicker. So I think we need to start thinking about like, what is the type of creative talent that you wrap around that? What is the type of technology that you wrap around that? And how do you manage that meta process and how it flows down into all of these sub processes around different types of content and things like that. And then you've got this parallel meta process around storytelling where that requires a different type of creative talent, not better or worse, just different than the scale and speed Creative talent. It requires a different type of technology. You actually probably have to think about purposefully building in some inefficiency into a storytelling stream versus trying to eradicate it in the scale uh, and speed stream. Because storytelling is about giving somebody a blank sheet of paper and maybe something as little as starting off with, we want to evoke this type of emotion in the audience um with this product it might be an existing product a new product and here's some like information about the product now turn it into great creatives that's going to plug into this campaign that we want to break through the noise so you know again i've been thinking about these two like you know meta workflows if you will that sort of sit on top of everything and creative operations leaders maybe need to start thinking about this and how each meta workflow needs to be managed differently, needs to have different types of creative talent um, assigned to it. Um, Or, you know, maybe there's a way to use the same creative talent across both of those meta workflows, but I'm not sure if that, that would work or not. Um, I'd love to talk to more of you about this. So I've been thinking about those two, uh, two meta workflows, and that might be something that is, starting to emerge i'm starting to hear a little bit about that but um not sure again if that's an anomaly or something that is actually going to be a thing that we all need to be paying attention to and then finally the last dot is in some of the conversations i've been having with uh those of you out there in the community i've had a chance to talk to um been hearing a little bit about, like, you know, you know, starting to see a few layoffs and things like that. Uh, some concern out there about maybe those layoffs are going to start to accelerate, um, and I think that's unfortunate. I don't know if this is a trend or not. Um, I've certainly been seeing, you know, more in the news about this over the last little bit. So we'll see how twenty twenty four plays out. I don't, you don't, none of us has a crystal ball. We just have to see how it plays out. And, and it's unfortunate if it's happening to you and your organization and if it's happening in your organization and you're a creative ops leader and, you know, certainly something I've done throughout my career when I've had to, you know, deal with this and do this is, you know, obviously having a high degree of empathy and trying to support those, those that are being asked to leave as, as much as. Um, we can support them as an organization or I, or you as an individual leader. And, but I think too, at the same time, there's a, there's then a void, right? Like you've, you've got less, but it's not like your content machine or marketing machine or revenue machine or the business is going to be asking for less. Um, that is never the reality, um, the business needs to continue. And I think if you're experiencing this in your organization now, or if you end up experiencing it this year, or at some point you're going to experience it, every organization, every team goes through this. That again, sort of goes back to like creative operations maturity and tier one creative ops leader, leaders, you step into that void and you figure it out. Um, I think those are, opportunities, um, which is a horrible word to have to use when you're talking about like reacting to layoffs where, you know, people are being affected, but it is a responsibility and opportunity for you to step into that and figure it out to bring your systems thinking to, to the role and go, we still need to produce Content at scale and speed, or maybe we need to produce amazing stories and the creative that goes along with it so that we can pierce through the noise of all the content that's being put out there. So, uh, again, I don't know if this is uh, happening in your organization, if it's happening more and more out there, um, but it is something I've heard about from a couple of you folks. So I just wanted to drop that uh, that dot on your radar as well. Um, so that's it for this first Dots episode. I hope this was valuable for you. Um, if it is, let me know. If it's not, also let me know, because I certainly don't want to put content out there that is not valuable to you um, as an individual listener and to you collectively as the creative operations c- community the reason i started this podcast or restarted it is that it was sort of my journey of curiosity about all things creative operations but you know as i said at the start of this episode this is sort of my creative operations journal these dots episode the takeaways episode all the interviews i'm doing with amazing leaders out there um and i want this journal of mine to be valuable for you so that it's helping you think through your own challenges or perhaps discover opportunities that you can tap into in terms of where you're taking creative operations in your organization and how you're continuing to evolve into being or you know beyond being that tier one creative operations leader. So drop me a line, nisha creativeops.fm. We can go back and forth by email or if it's more comfortable for you to do it um, on a Zoom call. Happy to set that up. Uh, Again, I'm having a ton of Zoom calls every week with people across the community. And I'd love to talk to you uh, about anything that you're curious about when it comes to creative operations or even a challenge that you're dealing with. And happy to offer my two cents. Thanks again for listening and hope you have a great rest of your day.